super excited to talk to our fanfiction author today. Hi, my name is Maya. Oh my god, I can't wait to talk about anime for once. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Hi, my name is Lo, and I'm Anika 001 on AO3, and I'm excited to be here too. <laughs> so the voice you're hearing today, she has got her pulse on every popular anime you can think of, and she's writing them in every alternate universe you can imagine. Her fics are lighthearted, funny, and as sweet as can be. She is the author of A Cup of Magic, Dial and Error, But Tomorrow We Love, and Home is Where Jiro Is. It's Ionica 01! Oh, wow! <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We are so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited too. (laughs) I remember when you first like found us on Twitter and I felt A very excited and B like I got in trouble at the same time. (laughs) Because I was like, oh my god, we've been found out by a fanfiction author. Oh no. no. Wait, was that the first time a fanfiction author had found you? Yeah, it was yes, yeah. Basically, you were just like, hey, <laughs> you did, that's my that's episode. Mine. That's mine. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. No, that, was, that was perfectly fine. I think the way it went was, um, the thing is, I, I don't have the request to join um, collections open. So every time like someone uh, adds a fic to a collection, I get an email about it, right? And because catchy stuff can happen, and I'm not very comfortable with it. But normally I accept it. So when I saw uh, the podcast thing, I was really intrigued, right? So I clicked on you guys, and then I started following you. And then, like, later I saw the episode, I was like, wait a second, this sounds really funny. <laughs> 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 it's been, like, two or three years since I had written that thing. So I went and reread it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh I mean, I can only imagine to be like, hey, the, um, that title looks very familiar <laughs> when I just, when I just pull <laughs> fan fiction titles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just like changed it at the end. You're like, there you go, AO3. At the end, I was like, wait a second, this can't be the title. And it's also such a standard title because I couldn't think of anything else. I was like, you know what? Let's go for this. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you were so sweet to us. We like, oh my god. Oh my god. We like lost it. We were like, wow, these people are so nice. <laughs> But, like, the interaction was so cute, and it was also the first time I saw a podcast that talked about fan fiction from different fandoms, and mm-hmm. it's, like, really, I was really happy to find it, honestly. Like, first of all, you guys do a great job on it, and it's, like, something that I think most fandoms need to talk more about fan fiction. fiction is not as, I know you talk about this on the podcast a lot, too, but, like, Fan fiction is not as easy to consume as fan art, for instance. Yeah. And it's a detriment to both fan artists and fan writers, because for fan artists, they definitely put the same amount of work we put in, but, like, it's so much easier consumed. Like, you look mm-hmm. at it, and you like it, and sometimes people don't even interact with it, and the Twitter algorithm or Insta algorithm just eats it up. So it sucks. And for writers, it sucks because we normally don't actually get a lot of a push on social media. Like, it's rare that you will see fix getting promoted to the same extent as uh, art, art on social media. So. Yeah, for sure. When well, I especially since my, you, like, you just talked about how, like, people, like, have just started promoting, like, their fan fiction. Yeah, on Twitter, and, like, they have Patreons, and yeah. I think it's awesome, because I... I think, it, I think it's awesome, too, but I also think it's a slow start, because, like, for sure. I know that some people are still kind of, still feel adverse to the idea of writers having Patreon, which is, like, completely shitty, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like we, 
writers really got the butt end of everything yeah. because artists have been doing it for years. Literally. Like, doing stuff on Patreon. But also, it's so easy to consume art. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just an image. Like, yeah. you just look at it and you're like, wow. And to, like, for an actual, and, like, piece of writing, you have to, like, take your time with it. Yeah. And also with art, it's, like, easier to commission because mm-hmm. you just describe an image sort of thing. But for writing, it's, for obviously there is the same personal touch to art, but for writing is a lot more intricate because sometimes I would get an idea and then the story runs away from me. Yeah. And it's really hard to, like, because for Patreon, one of the, ba- the basic stuff you need to do is kind of give commissions. Either that or, like, give people snippets mm-hmm. and work in advance. And, like, as a writer, the schedule is hectic as hell. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could ever keep up with a Patreon schedule of, like, actually having to give people snippets every week. Like, I probably yeah. couldn't. Yeah. I, I would 100% yeah. <laughs> Maya and I get together every week, and we're just like, hey, have you written this week? No. no. <laughs> I, I, wait, let me check, because I have AO3 open for the, <laughs> for the, you know, infamous question. But, like, the, the last thing I posted was in June, and I genuinely have not touched the keyboard since yeah i basically i, I posted in before yeah but i basically posted in june and before that i posted like in march and it was like the longest stretch of just like i remember when i first started posting i was like i want to do like a month every month yeah. i'll post yeah, something same. and then i was just like same. no my, my saving grace for posting every month is that i'm in zines and usually like once a zine is over i'm allowed to post what I written for it, so I posted it. That's like my cheating slip. Otherwise, I don't get to like post every month. That's yeah. You know when you get deadlines and stuff, it must be much easier. Uh-huh. Or at okay. least pushes you to like get it done. One shots. Yeah, and they're like two, three k one shots. You know, they're like tightly wrapped up in a bow. Yeah. Nice and neat. I don't get to do that a lot, so. Well, yeah. I guess we, uh, like, getting into the meat of the episode, where, like, first question is, how, like, what, tell us about, like, your relationship with fan fiction. How did you find, how did you start reading and, like, writing fan fiction? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I've been writing fan fiction since, like, 2017-ish. That's, like, what, four years, five yeah. years? Mm-hmm. Um, the way it started was, wasn't a lot of fandoms. Like, I got into anime early in high school, and I got into fandoms, and I think it took me a while to actually get into fan fiction simply because I was not very familiar with the machinations of it. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I used to travel a lot for competitions back in high school. I think this is something I might have not mentioned in upper notes or whatever, but um, I used to be in like science competitions back in oh, school. Okay. And they would take place all over the country, so I would have to travel. And one thing about my homeland trains is that they fucking suck. <laughs> so it would take, like, so like, seven to eight to ten hours to get from one place to another. And if it was, like, completely over, like, on the other side of the country, it would take, like, 14 hours. So I had to read, you know, to entertain myself. And there's only so much books you can carry when your carrier is full with chemistry books. Yeah. So, fan fiction was a thing. And I started reading it, and then I kind of started writing it because I was feeling homesick and I needed a sort of way to deal with my feelings and, like, the pressure of everything that was going on. But also, uh, like, 
I am terrible at keeping diaries because I cringe a lot. So I was like, you know what, projecting on a third party might work, and it did. <laughs> so I've kind of been writing fan fiction ever since, and it's mostly for my like mental stability, so I don't lose it all. <laughs> That's very. And it's probably also yeah, it's probably also why I relate so much to Momo and project so much on her. Like, if you ever read her having an anxiety attack, that is me. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's kind of how it came to be. Did that need for fanfiction grow, like, during the pandemic? I think so. Like, I kind of noticed this about myself, that fanfiction was a coping mechanism. I think now it's, like, right, reading it is more of a coping mechanism than writing it, mm -hmm. because I have certain standards for myself when I write it, and normally when I'm very stressed, it doesn't come out the way I want it to. Um... But, like, during the pandemic, I suddenly had a lot more free time on my hands. So, I actually, like, in, in that March, I wrote so fucking much. And it was, like, a sort of... I think it was both a escapism and, like, dealing with it, because I did put a lot of my thoughts into it. Yeah. But I, I think it's something that was no noticeable in most fandoms during that time, that, like, a lot of fan artists slash fan writers starting being a lot more active during the pandemic. And I think it was something that the fandom needed as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think at least the episode that came out today, recording, <laughs> we, we kind of went into, into mm -hmm. depth about our feelings on reading a lot of it. I have to listen to it after we're done. Oh boy, oh it's, boy. It's, <laughs> it was like really psychological it was like i just it felt like i came out of a therapy session yeah <laughs> like, like it was a lot for both of yeah. us but i can like wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying mm -hmm. i mean i just think that and the thing is also that not all of it is, is, uh, is like trying to escape from reality because a lot of people actually put their characters in the same situation yeah. i think it's just sort of projecting on others and like um, trying to distance yourself from the situation in order to put it in someone else's perspective really helps you as both a writer and a reader kind of cope with what is going on and like see, see it in a new light and maybe see like the silver lining of it. Um, so you, you talked about anime and stuff. I just want to know a little, Maya and I are big anime watchers <laughs> and like we probably have been watching anime for Probably as long as you have. I've definitely started watching in, like, middle school, which was... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Feels like too many years ago. It was a long time ago. Mine was eight years ago. I couldn't even tell you how long it was. But, like, tell us a little about, like, you know, your history with anime. We've had a lot of great authors on this, and we've loved talking to every single one of them. None of them were into anime, <laughs> so it's been like, we're missing out. Or, like, none of them, like, they're big things on anime. Yeah. So, like... Um, so I like you know myself. what made you start yeah. watching what was your first show how did you get into like my hero <laughs> haikyuu like all those guys okay okay this is gonna be really funny um this happened like last year of middle schoolish i think right do you remember a game called episode yes mm -hmm. okay so there is this one game for the listeners who maybe don't know, because this was a while ago, and I think it kind of lost traction over time, but there is this one game um, where you can get stories, and you can make choices that affect the stories, and basically, like, 
the writer of each story will will write several stories. It's kind of like a visual novel, I guess, mm -hmm. where each choice you make changes the story. And there was this, I really forgot the name, but there was this one story that I really enjoyed, and it was like a love triangle, and you know, I was in like the cringy middle school phase where that excited me. Um, and I obviously was very excited for it, and it went on for like over a hundred episodes-ish, and the way it worked was that an episode came out every week, and you had like a certain number of passes, so you couldn't play it forever. And I was really getting into it, and it was close to the end, and I was super excited. And then one day I was re reading the comments, and someone basically said that it was a ripoff of an anime, right? Oh. And I obviously got super disappointed in it, and I went and I watched the anime that that person said, because I wanted to argue by that, no, this software did nothing wrong, and we must protect them. <laughs> Turns out it was a ripoff of the anime. The anime was called, I think, Itazura na Kiss. <gasps> I love Itazura na Kiss! <laughs> <laughs> it was honestly kind of bad. I am sorry for any bad I'm there. sorry. And that was the first anime I ever watched. Well, if we don't include, like, the scattered Naruto episodes, I sure. saw as a kid because they were on TV. Yeah, that is like a very unconventional way to start watching anime, I am very much aware. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a good story, though. It is. <laughs> I, I really wish I remembered the name of that one episode, but since then I deleted the app, like, I could not take the disappointment. <laughs> no, that's, you were just like, I was, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Because I was also like what fourteen, I think. Oh and man! The first time, and I, I wasn't really into any fandoms. Like obviously, I enjoyed media. I don't want to mention what media I enjoyed, right? Because since then, like I enjoyed Harry Potter, but we do not talk about it anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't into fandoms in that sense. Like I don't think I even realized what a power fandoms were. Like mm -hmm. I was aware there were fans, but I was not aware that fans made like more content than the canon would ever give you but th the thing is like when i watched it i was like this is actually a really interesting medium like i want to see something else that does not suck uh, <laughs> i made the tumblr account and then i went on to the anime tag and it was like such a revelation <laughs> it all starts with tumblr and then I start, it's not, it, was, it was it was at the time when tumblr was still thriving mind you like before the whole Voltron catastrophe happened i genuinely think i had a conversation with a friend once that we think that Voltron destroyed tumblr yeah <laughs> i would agree with you <laughs> anyway i know it's a hot take but genuinely like Voltron destroyed that platform the fact <laughs> no it's the fact that i can go on my dashboard today and still have voltron content pop up even though i, I don't like voltron <laughs> Listen! <laughs> I, I like Voltron, we can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was really... Yeah, let's close this like bracket for now, but like, it was... I, I just, I just like, went onto the tag, and the thing is, there was also so much jargon that I was not getting, and I was like, I'm a very competitive person, so I, I was like, you know what, I have to know this. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get out um notebook and a pen but i did pull out my notes like oh, yeah. the phone app so and i started making the list and i was like i i kept noting down the anime that most people mentioned and then i did not watch them instead i watched the sure. 
I had a, I had a, uh, a shorter face, so I watched like a lot of romance anime, and I think like I saturated my romance anime feature because I haven't touched one in years. Oh shit! Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I I touched I touched the really good ones. Like I think I I, I enjoy romance as a genre, but it's like I got really fed up with the tropes of it, and it's why like up to this day I still hate romance triangles. Sure. I do, I would say, like, I hate love triangles. There's only been one story out of every, every, like, love triangles that I've read that I'm like, this is, this is the only one that gets a pass. Give but it's me, only been, like, one, one out of, like, all which of them. Which one is it? Oh, which one? It's the, um, I don't know if you've ever read, it's the Cassandra Clare Infernal, Infernal Devices. Uh, I, I heard of it, but I haven't read it, but I kind of know what's going on. Yeah, so that's the only love triangle where I, I'm just like... Yeah, you get a pass. Like, you fully get a pass. I think think some love triangles can be good, but honestly, Twilight ruined it for me, too. (laughs) That's Yeah, that's fair. If the combination of anime and Twilight coming out around that time, you know, that ruined it for me, it was like a double hit, like, you know, the All Might Smash. (laughs) Oh, there was like a moment in time where, like, love triangles were the thing. Mm -hmm. They were in everything. Yes. I think it's like every now and again, like a trope is trending. I don't know. I think right now it might lean into the furry territory. Oh. <laughs> and then how did you get into My Hero and Haikyuu? I actually got, I think Haikyuu was right when I exited my shoujo phase. Okay. Um, and I don't really remember how I got into it. I just saw a lot of people mention it, and Hinata looks really cool. Like, she's so cute, you know? Like, if, if you need a character to make you want to watch a show, Hinata works brilliantly as a main character. Up to this day, from all shonen franchises I've read, Hinata is probably still my favorite main character. She does such a good job. And there are a lot of things that main characters fall into that I think Furudate avoided really well with him. Mm. And I got into it, like... The, the thing is, the timing was brilliant, too, because I got into it right before the Chemistry Nationals. So I would watch that when I was feeling really down because I had to like, I had to work a lot and stuff. The, the competition system was really weird. Mm-hmm. I think it fucked up with me a lot. Uh, but it's really, like, kind of... Even if it was a completely different territory because it was sports, and I wasn't really that into sports, but seeing someone work so hard for it and like a lot of the messages that Haikyuu gives I related with a lot like it hit me on such a deep personal level that I watched both the first two seasons were out so I binged them before nationals and it really gave me a lot of a push I needed to like go through it mentally and then I just started reading the manga and I kept up with the anime as time went on so that's like one of my first loves that up to this day, it's in my top five anime, and I will make anyone watch it. Like, I've just made my flatmate watch it, and she's obsessed with it, too, now. I love it here. It's definitely um, a show that I never thought. I Yeah, me too. I, I'm not big on sports animes. Mm-hmm. Never have been. Yeah, I, but, but, like, the life lessons in it are universal. Like, it doesn't pertain just to volleyball. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I love Haikyuu. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. It really is. <laughs> really I remember when I first started watching it, my sister, who also like watches anime, but she's a shoujo, like she loves sho- like mm. the romance stuff. And she came in and she was like, Oh, what are you watching? And I was like, Haikyuu. She's like, What is it about? And I was like, 
a boys volleyball team. I like literally don't know how to explain it to you. And now I have a tattoo of the show on my body. Yeah. So. Oh my god, why, why did you get tattooed? So actually, Maya and I got quote unquote, quote unquote matching. matching tattoos. That is so cute. They're of the show, but they're not the same. They're just you know yeah. of the same show. Um, so the one that I have is we both have the banner, so like the, the team banner. The team banner. Oh my god, I so love that. So the fly I, one, right? Oh, my no, no, not the fly no, 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 no. So I have Nekomas, and oh. Maya has. I have Abajosas. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I were to get one tattoo, I would get it out of practice so we don't need memories. Oh my god. It's a good <laughs> one. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, Nekomas is connect. What was that about your size? Rule the court. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Because it's like the great king's theme. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Maya got like vines around hers, which mm-hmm. was really cool. And then mm-hmm. I have a little kitty cat silhouette that has Kuro's hair oh, on it. I got this is so cute. I would probably tell my friend about this because she loves makeup up. <laughs> so like every day we start our days like you know how when you're brushing your teeth you're going through Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. This is the, rea- the reality of the 21st century. <laughs> and we send each other because we get up around the same time we send each other like Twitter threads of what we found funny or like fan art and stuff. And every morning I find something like makeup related and I send it to her. And our Greeting is not like a good morning. It's me hearing her scream from the bathroom. I love Genma. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, we can absolutely send you pictures. I love them so much. I think they're great. I think they're great. It was basically just like I had fa- I saw, I saw a TikTok of like two girls getting it was the, the fly the fly tattoos, but it was just the connect or just the just the kanji, the wording yeah. the kanji. And I sent it to Maya, and Maya was just like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. And I was like, okay, you got it. I found us a tattoo artist, and here we are. Oh my god, that is so amazing. That's also, like, such a beautiful thing to have, because I feel like the the banners sum up ideologies so mm-hmm. well. Yes. Yeah. I would agree with that. I love it. Um, the banner's awesome. great. I can't get over Kuro, Kitty Cat it's Kuro. So <laughs> it's really it's so cute. <laughs> and I was like, just like, I because I remember... Like, Maya was like, I got all the vines, and it's super cool, and I was yeah. like, I gotta have something that's not just the, like, the kanji, yeah. and I was like, well, they have the cats, I'll find something at the cat, maybe I'll do a cat silhouette around it, and then I sat there, like, at my work desk being like, but what if it had Kuro's hair on it? <laughs> <laughs> the moment of genius history. No, it really was. It really was. <laughs> it's an, it was an incredible idea. Oh, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super great. Yeah, so I know I never thought this show would. No, I never did. No, but, like it's not. It, right. It's not even just about the show. It's just like look at all the and cool the people. So oh my so god! Much. Yeah. Look at all, like look at all the cool people. Look mm. at all the cool things I've read. Like this is such a great period yeah. of my life. Also, I think. Also, like I feel, I feel like the sorry for interrupting. No, I you're good. Like the fandom is so nice. Like it's one of the best fandoms I've been in. I'm I'm pretty I'm sure agree. Maya and I's friendship became. Began yes, with Haikyuu. Yes, 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 absolutely. Like, we, was it the, f- I, I don't remember, was it the first night that we had, like, actually spent together as friends that Maya and I, for hours, just went through headcanons? Oh my god, we have this Google Doc <laughs> full of just headcanons we have of, like, so many different uh-huh. Haikyuu boys. It was, like, great. Oh it was, god. it was just a night that we just went through, like, okay, but how would they propose to you? And we went through every single like, person scenarios. we could think of. Scenarios. And then we'd be like, okay, but how would they, 
Also, the night that I fell in love with Iwazuma Hajime. <laughs> and then also the night that I thought of an entire fanfiction to write. <laughs> so. Oh, oh my god. This is what we need to insert, bro. Iwazumi Hajime sent himself in a plastic train. Oh my god. <laughs> when that gets animated, same thing with Brazil Oikawa, I'm losing no, it. No, genuinely, when, when like, the entire last start gets animated, this is I'm going to be having such levels and such lots of shit, but... It's gonna be good. It's gonna be so, it's gonna good. Be so good. Okay. It's gonna be so good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next question. Next question. Okay. So this is about your fanfiction. Yeah. Mm. So in regards to your writing... You have so much. It's kind of fucking ridiculous. But out of all the tropes, all the AUs, everything out there, what is something that you have yet to try but want to try? Oh. <laughs> Should I open my notes for this? I have like a lot of AUs always brewing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the funny thing is, because you mentioned this in my intro, right, that I've written a lot of, like, AUs. Yes. When I first got into writing, I did not want to write AUs. Like, I explicitly told myself I would not write AUs. <laughs> and it kind of ran away from me when I wrote The Cup of Magic. So that happened. Uh, <laughs> and somehow I've become uh, almost unable to write, like, especially DNHA stuff that, are, that aren't AUs. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to try out is, like, the, um, either the reality setting or the fantasy setting. I technically have, like, tried my hand at fantasy a lot, but I feel like the word building for both, like, reality and fantasy needs to be really thorough, and sure. I want to put a lot of research into it, and I haven't had the chance to yet. But I would really like to try that out one day. Nice. Very cool. Fantasy is really hard. Yeah, I was we're learning really that as hard. we go. It's... The, the, the thing is that you kind of need, you need a very good magical system, like I've watched a lot of like videos on this and how authors write their fantasy mm-hmm. stuff and you kind of need limitations on your magical system too yeah. and it's really hard to juggle. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, a great resource is the Dungeons and Dragons nice. book. Like, because oh. they have editions 1, 2, 3, 3 and a half, 4 and 5. And they're coming out with a sixth one relatively soon. Their magic systems, you honestly could just pull from it and like tweak one or two things, and then bam. Like you have a magic yeah, system. There you go. Or you could just say, it w- well, instead of getting their source of power from this, you could just do this instead. And mm. it's like the exact same thing. So for yeah, anyone out there that wanted to know, like there, that's an option. No one needs to know. That's yeah. <laughs> D&D. I, I'm, write, I'm writing, I'm writing down life text here. Go on. Hell yeah. <laughs> you make your life part, like, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't do the hard then, work. Like, honestly, you can find almost all of those free online, mm-hmm. like, free PDFs. So, it's pretty, oh, wow. it's pretty odd. Or people make videos on them. Yeah. Just, it's not, the writing's dense. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side of that coin, what is something that you will never, ever, 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 ever. ever. write? No thought. No thought went behind that. It's like, um, I tried reading it. It gets cringy so fast. It's not for everyone. Listen, it's not for everyone. I am so sorry for all fans out there. <laughs> I, I know, like, I also have 
a love-hate relationship with smart because I know, like, I cannot trust smart to save my life. It's I know so you both guys mentioned this in <laughs> previous podcasts. Um, but I genuinely, I did cringe way too badly. No, that's fair. Mm. I don't think there's I anything wrong with that. I just think that the people who hate, like, the people who hate it, like, really hate it. And it's like, I don't like science I, fiction. That doesn't mean that science fiction is like, no, you can go enjoy it over there. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, it's like, because I, I can definitely uh, enjoy, like, a smart scene if it's put properly in a fic and if it, like, um, aligns well with the mm-hmm. build-up tension and has, like, some sort of either release to it or build-up to it. But the problem with, I, I cannot really read uh like plot like porn about plot and i also can't really like the, the problem with abo is that it heavily relies on this like it kind of uses it as a device to tell stories yeah and it's also <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable sometimes because of the entire power play sure and i just i just like I'm fine, like, the, the, the ABO fix I write are just, I read, I never write it, are, like, <laughs> the cute, like, the scenting ones, or, mm. like, the ones that actually deal, I think there are a few others that deal pretty well and, like, raise questions about how the entire system works. Sure. Like, I like the idea of deconstructing it, but I don't think I would ever feel comfortable writing it. I also don't think you're the <laughs> first person to say that they would ever, ever write ABO. <laughs> no, there was definitely somebody else. Uh-huh. I can't remember if it was, like, Edie or... Yeah, I think I think it's also once again that's why I tried it for me. I don't know why every time I like click on an ABO pic, I'm so reminded of Twilight. It's something about the way that <laughs> that like oh my god, I'm dressed the same way Bella was a dress. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's PTSD. <laughs> Okay, but aside from ABO, you're not going to write ABO. Yeah, you have written so many AUs. I'm going to list off just a few. Coffee shop, teachers, parents, fantasy, college, band, soulmates, and even one with Olympic athletes. Which, <laughs> which alternate universe has been your favorite? Which one has been the hardest to write? Everything uh, I AUs. Love, I love the Olympic one. The way that came to me was, I know, I know you've mentioned that, Neither of you has actually watched Voltron to the end, but that you have read the fix. There is this really one good Kalen's fix called House on Fire. It's amazing. I can link to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, it's a 12K fix. And it's um, basically Lance and Keep are... Uh, both athletes, if I remember correctly, Lance was a swimmer, I don't remember what Keith was. Okay. I think he was something like Archer or something like that. Regardless of it, the point was that the story was told uh, both through normal writing and like snippets of social media. And when I read it, I was like, I want to try this. Nice. Um, and it took me like a year since I read it, uh, fr- from when I read it to when I actually wrote it. Um, but when I wrote it, I wrote it in a period where I was also going for competitions, and this was legit, like, m- this became my diary. Like, I put so much of myself into it, 
and I was kind of scared of publishing it at first. But then when I put the first chapter out, so many people said they like it and that they resonated with part of it, so I just kept writing it. And I wrote it from like my last year of high school to my first few months at university. And it was like such a healing experience. Like I genuinely love that AU so much. It, it has such a special place in my heart. I love the Olympics. <laughs> I, we kind of talked about it last, last week, but like I always forget how much I love the Olympics until the Olympics come on. <laughs> oh, honestly, honestly, like the way I have YouTube always open to like catch live streets and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I wish, I wish Olympic AU's were like more. I like, I know that they uh, came about like with the Yuri on Ice. There was a few Olympics ones. Like yeah, there was Haikyuu yeah. ones for sure. Please give me more Olympics AU's. Like it's so write, good. I want to write a Haikyuu one so badly. I'm oh. going to once exams are over. Honestly. Like, I just need to write. Imagine the chaos that would be with the Japan national team. Please, like, <sighs> film everything and post it on his Instagram. Oh, man. Of course. <laughs> I've been seeing that a little because, like, ever since the Olympics started, there's just been a spike yeah. of, like, Haikyuu Olympics yeah, content. Honestly, like, it's branded too. Please. And I was like, our friends are making me so soft. I love that voice. <laughs> So does Maya. <laughs> I, I genuinely have a connotation of my voice that I love so much. And every time I watch, like right now I've been watching Haikyuu for like, you know, I always rewatch it when I have exams because it's like a really good way to motivate yourself. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like every season I have a different character and according to my mood, the character I love sh- shifts. And right now it's Atsumu. And genuinely like this bitch is so annoying. Why do I love him so much? you fucking asshole why do i love you <laughs> genuinely like i look at my skin i'm like i, I love you why <laughs> <laughs> that's so good okay so when you get an idea for an au or for a trope or just for a piece what is your writing process oh it's so chaotic <laughs> i normally like when i get something i normally write it down in my notes and most of the time i get ideas in the most inopportune places like it's either i'm in the bathroom or i'm showering or i'm on a train i do not get ideas like a normal person when i sit down and open my computer you know that's fair that's fair <laughs> i i think every creative goes through this i think like the um the way our brains are wired is very off <laughs> and Normally what I do is I would write down like the idea I come up with, but it rarely happens that I get a very flashed out idea. Like I mostly I either get stuff like I wanna write this AU or I wanna write the characters in this situation or I get a line that I really wanna integrate somewhere and then I have to come up with a story for it, which mm-hmm. sucks. Why can't people just why, why can't I just come up with an idea and have a system that writes it for me? I just, I normally just write the things I want to read, and I haven't seen. Mm. And then what happens is, I would sit down, attempt to make a timeline for it, realize I suck at timelines, because when I sit down to, like, actually plan it out, what comes out of the tip of my fingers is more head cannons and, like, stuff that would happen in Chapter 10, and I'm like, cool, but I did Chapter 1. And then I throw around with the idea for... A few months, honestly, normally. Like, unless it's a long one shot or something, it takes me a few months to plan a thing. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, then I just start writing it, and by the time I'm at chapter three, I realize it's going in a completely different direction, and planning it out was useless. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, no, I don't yeah. plan a single fucking thing for that exact reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's the amount of stories that have run away from me is terrible, it's like, man. Maya's a big plotter, I, I, I and I don't understand. I can't, I can't. I know you can't. But I like I I understand because when I when I write or at least like the long one that I'm writing right now, like I have everything planned out. But then I actually go in and I start writing, and the characters tell me that something else needs sure. to, like it needs to take a different direction. But as long as yeah. I have like the major mm-hmm. points happen in the story, everything's fine. Sure, like it can change. Yeah. but I need to know. Yeah, I- I feel like I feel like part of why things change so much for me too is that when I'm writing it, I'm pouring a lot of my feelings into it. So sometimes, like I've had this talk a lot with my beta, that sometimes I just can't, because you know how you feel the need to update at a certain point, right? And yeah. you get comments, and even if they're not pushing you, because most people are nice, there are mm-hmm. some assholes, but we don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, most people are nice about it, but every time I get a comment, I feel like this guilt that, oh, I haven't updated this in a while. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I cannot update it because the way the, the direction in which the story is supposed to go is not aligning with how I'm feeling right now, and I can't, like, fake it. <laughs> yeah. I definitely... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I feel so bad when I don't update. <laughs> it's been two months since oh, I updated man. anything. I feel like a piece of shit. Yeah. I have one chapter left of But Tomorrow We Love, and I can, I, I've written part of it, but I cannot bring myself to finish it. That's fair. I haven't gotten to the point of, like, finishing something, but I feel like when I get to that point, I'll be like, but, but then it's over. But then it's over. <laughs> I don't want to. I know I feel very empty when I finish this story, because it's probably, like, you've asked me before what the most difficult story to write was, this was it. Like... This this is the one story that I've actually sit down and planned, and I've planned it since March, and I started like actually writing it in December, mm-hmm. and it's been like almost three years. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the stories that I also wrote. Like I I wrote it and then like, I I planned it out and then I sent it to my beta and I was like, this is going to be a very tough story to edit. I don't want to mess this up. Help. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I feel like that's how I am with Maya. Just like, hey, this could be real tough for you to edit. <laughs> you go. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, it's like, the thing is that I've talked with her so much when planning this out too. Like, we had a document planning it out. And it's, it's because the, the reason why I wanted to write this was I never really thought I was writing for MJU. And then I was like, you know what? I read this, I think I read, like, A Miraculous Ladybug Parent AU. Okay. And it pissed me off so bad. (laughs) (laughs) They used the kid, the original character, just as a plot device to get, like, uh, Marinette and Adrian together. And I was like, no, you can't do that. It's an actual, real kid. Like, how... I was so pissed at the way the original character was treated, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna write a story, and I'm gonna make the kid so nice that everybody loves him, and like everybody likes him more than the actual character. Fuck yeah, spite. 
Oh, <laughs> Spite. And you're on I hate that show. <laughs> I know it's a children's show. I'm so glad I've never I gotten into it. Fucking awful show. <laughs> I know it's a children's show, but like nothing they're ever happens. <laughs> they're drawing it out just like they're milking it. Oh honestly. Like from the first season it should have been obvious who is who also because the character designs make it really obvious who mm. is who. <laughs> and it fucking didn't. Like it's from the what? Fourth season now? It's okay. Honestly, you're better off. Yeah, My sister still watches it, and I'll, like, pass by her room, and she'll be watching it, and then she'll give me updates. But I'm like, I'm never fucking watching that show. Like, I don't care how many seasons come out. Oh, boy. Okay, so your main, I would say your main ship, your main MHA ship, oh, the main yeah. ship that you write for, is Totomomo, or Shototoroki, oh, yeah. and Momo Yairozu, along with Jiro Denki, which I covered in one of our episodes during My Hero Academia Month. And a handful of others, but Totomomo seems to be your main. Out of every oh, yeah. ship that came or, like, will continue to come out of My Hero Academia, which is so fucking many that I couldn't even begin to count them, <laughs> why has this one enra- en- enraptured you so much that you keep writing them over and over and over again in, like, so many different lives? I, oh, this is, like, a hard question. <laughs> I think it's because I project a lot of Momo. Okay. So when when I watched when I watched the second season and like saw her arc, I was like, Yeah, this is my favorite character. Like I I didn't really have many doubts about it. And I really love her a lot and I just feel like both the fact that she basically has to be very knowledgeable in chemistry, which is my major and the fact that she is so anxious kind of made me like, oh, yeah, okay, this is me. Uh, except, you know, minus the talent that she has. I mean, minus uh, the superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's material now. She's such good. <laughs> I do love her. Um, I love her. She's pretty fucking She's great. pretty great. She, she's amazing. I, I love that she finally gets some time to shine in the manga right now. Oh. Not gonna lie, I was kind of pissed when she lost the ba- against 1B, and I did get that Kendo needed that win, but I was also a bit like, you know, you've made Momo lose a lot in recent memory, and I'm glad that she's not down about it anymore, but still, like, she's built up as a very powerful character, and she does not get to shine the way she was built up to. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't feel like any, and listen, it might just be like anime and how they treat, or how media treats women or whatever, but like none of those girls Honestly. ever gets the time to shine. Like. Honestly, because like the main girls in, in BNHA are Uraraka and Momo, and mm-hmm. Uraraka gets a bit more time to shine, but Momo really doesn't. No. And like we really don't see Juro or like, Mina or even like when they introduce like the big three like uh, what is it Mirio and Tamaki they got like a whole backstory and yeah. then there's just Nejiri. And I loved her so much because she's obviously the one mentally keeping them together. More like, girls, yeah, more like girls, most women, like most women, <laughs> like most women. Yeah, and it's like. I don't know, I was really pissed about it, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take this in my hands and write her. And I think the thing that got me to ship Toda Mama was definitely, like, their exam art. And it was, like, the fact, I think why I was so attracted to them is they kind of reminded me a bit of Roy, like Riza and Roy from Fullmetal Alchemist, okay. in that they trusted each other so fucking much. Like, 
the way Todoroki is tied up and he then just goes, but I trust you. I actually see the thing, you know? I never, I never pictured them as Rai, but like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it, it's minus the angsty background, but like the way they trust each other to death really reminds me of Roy. I don't know. <laughs> like, Hosanna is the only anime in my eyes that has surpassed Haikyuu so far, and that is by a very, very thin margin. So very good, I very good show. <laughs> very good show. Oh, honestly. incredible! So yeah, that's how I think that's how Tadahomo became like a thing for me because it was like the first. It was also like one of the first times that I looked at the headship and I was like, oh, this is actually not. Like, this is actually healthy. This is not a problematic ship. What is going on here? And it's, and it, I know it wasn't like a main ship for, it wasn't like a big ship for a while. I still don't think it's a big ship, and I know we still get a lot of hate from the rest of the fandom for reasons. Listen, the fan, you just gotta. I, the fandom is a whole different story. You man. gotta just do yeah. yourself in that fandom. <laughs> like, you really just have to, like. like weird experience because I'm both in the Haikyuu and the BNHA fandom. In the Haikyuu fandom it's so nice and meanwhile in the BNHA fandom I'm genuinely just in the Tadabomo fandom because the rest of the fandom is like, uh, not a safe bubble, let's call it like It's that. not, it's not a I, safe place. I keep interactions with other BA, like, MHA like my friends head. to a minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, I can. Yeah. Oh, especially if you yeah. don't, if you're just like, okay, are you... Are you, like, period blood on a Katsuki <laughs> poster kind of thing? Or, like, are, or would you, like, you would you scream at me because I, like, uh, Bakudeku Baku, or yeah. something, like... Honestly, the, the ship wars in BNHA are kind of crazy, and I think, like, this is gonna sound so bad, but I think part of it is also because the age average is, like... I feel like it's a pretty young audience. I feel like it's pulling in a pretty young audience. You are, you are hitting on exactly. You are. Say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> doesn't, yeah, but, but the thing is that the young audience doesn't really align or properly grasp the ma- the core of BNHA either, because it's why the entire Todoroki Enji thing uh, is like a big problem in the fandom too. And it's, like, I think, like, one of the reasons I also liked Tadomomo was that the fandom was a bit older for it. Like, it was a more mature fandom, because I think, like, the first ship I actually tried to read for was Tododeku. And they're, they're a very cute ship, you know, but it's, like, the, f- the works written for them were, like, really fluffy, but without a plot, and I needed more meat to my fanfiction. Yeah. Like, no, no hate to the fandom out there. I'm sure that it has shifted now, and I know there's a lot of talented people in it. Like, it's an amazing uh, creative place, obviously. It's just at that time in space, and so mm-hmm. it didn't speak to me. Yeah. I feel like the fandom is better than what it sure. was two years ago, but it's still yeah. on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's still enough for, like... I was at a Hot Topic one time, and it was still, like, you know, they were only letting so many people in because of COVID and stuff like that, and so I had to, like, wait outside before I could get into said Hot Topic, and they had My Hero Academia shirts just, like, kind of, you could see within the door, and they had this girl, she's probably 14, 15, real young, and her mom, and her the mom saw, like, the My Hero, and she was like, oh, do you watch that show? And the girl was like, 
no, because the fandom sucks. And I was like, <laughs> you're not wrong. No, but I, we're laughing about it now, but it's honestly kind of sad, too, because fandoms nowadays, in order to get into a show, the gatekeeping of the fandom is actually a really important factor. Mm, it's it's really bad. Yeah, it is. It's Because it's, it's gatekeeping, but also on top of, like, you hear all this shit about these people who like that stuff, so yeah. like, you don't want to affiliate... Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff, and it just sucks. Or maybe it keeps you from even watching the show. Well, exactly. It's it it it's all just deterrence. Yeah. It, that doesn't make you want to watch it. No. It's it's honestly kind of sad, and it's it's sad that it happens to most of like the shonen big shows. Mm-hmm. It's why like I am so eternally grateful that Haikyuu escaped that. I know there is shit obviously in the Haikyuu fandom too. I just feel like it's not as obvious and it's not as like disturbing to you to like enjoy your fan experience or maybe i've just filtered it out really well i don't know no i feel like out of all the bad things that i've heard of like the haiku fandom like they don't come anywhere close no to the my hero i am also like very deep into the sakuatsu fandom and like i remember recently there was this one time that like the wushisaku fans kind of had a thing with us and the way it was resolved was that one person tweeted but what if it was an ot3 and everybody liked that post and everybody started headcanoning under it and it was like such a wholesome way to resolve a fight oh man i wish i wish we could get I there wish. i wish we could get there instead the other day on tumblr i was scrolling through one of the MHA tags. Oh, you were on Tumblr, you were in- I know, <laughs> I know. But it literally was like this 15-year-old, and they were like, it was this long-ass post that I read because it was under one of the fanfic tags, and it was like, is anyone else uncomfortable with the idea of like, uh, 18 and over people writing for the B, like, the BNA uh-huh. AJ characters? Because oh, like, yeah, they're teenagers I, 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 just like- I saw that too. I was like, what I, the I, th- fuck? I think someone posted a screenshot of it on Twitter, so I saw it. Probably because it, like, it got a fair amount of mm-hmm. notes, which was really upsetting. Cause I, I thought was, we like, got past this guy. I was like, dude, you're, <laughs> you don't know anything. Like, yeah. not to be like that, but like, you, you know next no, to yeah. nothing. I, 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 I kind of want to break it to that person that, like, the author is 18 plus, like, the actual mangaka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's just, I, <laughs> I don't know, it's not good. That's yeah, and I, like, I thought we got over this, guys. Like, we, like, people were explaining points. You were getting, like, a PowerPoint presentation every week about why this isn't as bad as <laughs> you're freaking out about. Yeah. Like, like I no, get but, like, that people have, like, their personal preferences, but then just don't interact with it. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't, I personally don't understand why it's so hard to be like, don't like, don't read. Like, it seems like a very simple concept. Honestly, it's like, I, I will never understand. I, I, I always think that people who spread hate have way too much time on their hands. Like, how can you have the time and energy to dedicate to writing a hate comment? Like, oh, man. your life must be so sad. <laughs> Honestly. Especially when you're getting this content for free. Yeah. Literally and for free. Honestly, like, I, I don't think people realize how much having a fandom can enhance your experience mm-hmm. if, like, the fandom doesn't suck. Because it's, you get so much, and also, like, I, I noticed it with myself that sometimes after consuming fan content and going back to the original, I have a new understanding of it, too. Because so many people 
think about how this and expand on how these characters must be acting and why they're acting this way or what they have gone through and it really makes you see things more in depth and it's such a beautiful experience that I don't understand why some people try to ruin it honestly and it's like the thing that you mentioned is also relatively it's something that has been coming up a lot recently of whether people 20 and above or like 25 and above should be enjoying fandoms of fucking course they should be who do you think has the money to like sponsor this shit i have learned one thing from this podcast and that is people over the age of 25 run run this shit honestly like the fandoms would not exist without them what are you talking about yeah like you, you, think, you think you are supporting the fandom as a 14-year-old? Might I inform you politely that it's actually your parents supporting it because it's their money you're spending? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, do you really think, like, a 16-year-old is writing fluid and beautiful stories? Yeah. No, like... A 16-year-old doesn't have the money or the sponsorship to produce a fanzine or, like... No! Produce, like, YouTube and content. Either like they don't have to do that. They just have to accept that other people do it and like quietly sit where they're supposed to. Absolutely. And and be thankful that they have this space in the first place because the people who came before them did the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not saying they're not contributing to the fandom, and I think, like I think they just don't understand that this is a good opportunity for them as well to grow as people because mm-hmm. obviously reading things written by older people who have went through some shit can enlighten you, you know, like, you can, this is, this is something that I think people should say about fanfiction more, is that the same way books are hailed because you can learn through them, it's the same with fanfiction. I have read a lot of fanfiction that is better than most published books. So you write a tremendous amount, like, just that, like, I don't think we've spoken to someone who has written so much before. Just to put into context, you have 61 works on AO3, some with multiple chapters, across six different fandoms that have amassed 868,696 words across them. Oh, really? That's a lot. I did not know that. <laughs> Just, like, how?
and some of them I have worked for like a month and on others I just sit down one day and I was like you know what I know what I need to write and I would just write it in one day and then I would send it to my editor and she'd be like I really don't understand what is wrong with you and good job <laughs> damn yeah like they're okay so like I wasn't sure how to like kind of like ask about it but like you have you do have a lot of fix that are several years old and are like uh, incomplete like stuff like that and like I we really haven't talked to anybody and like we haven't either but like a because I haven't written less than a year basically is how I've been writing in fandom spaces and uh, Maya's beautiful and perfect and everything she does and never (laughs) (laughs) draws anything but like I like I I'm not trying to be like you've abandoned them but like you know like what is yeah what are your feelings This is actually a good question, and it's good that you're asking it too, because I get comments about it a lot, and I feel like it needs to be addressed, and that's fine. I have, for instance, I have this one fake in the assassination classroom fandom, which has been on hiatus for like three years now. Mm, which I really should tag us on hiatus, but I don't want to. The reason is that I actually do go back to that story. Mm. Like, every now and again, I, I, I don't ever forget my stories, because they're all parts of me, and I've put a lot into them. So every now and again, I go back to my AO3, and, like, to my documents. And, for instance, for the Assassination Classroom 1, I have been editing it heavily over the last six months or so. Mm-hmm. It's just that... I think you guys have talked about this in one of the previous episodes, that you don't really want to post unless you're happy with what you've written, right? Yeah. It's the same for me. And so I would go back to this story, and obviously I I haven't been that into that fandom in the last two, three years, which is normal considering that the show is over and I've already watched it twice, and I'll probably go back to watch it when I finish writing this. But... I've shifted to other fandoms, and I've also grown as a person and as a writer. And going back to it now, I don't think it's a bad fake, and I still have a lot of love for it. But I also, like, I feel like I need to rewrite those first few chapters because I have changed so much, and because, like, the me writing the story now is not the same me that wrote the story three years ago. I still know what needs to happen. Like, I have the rest of the plot written down. It's just the question of actually sitting down and doing it and it's like it can be a really tiresome job like normally when I have things that I haven't written in a while it's because I have emotionally shifted from the mental stage I was in when I was writing them or because um, I don't know what's happening <laughs> to the plot anymore That's uh, like a couple of times I have also not updated in about a year there I know what's happening, but I also feel like that's not as much as a problem, because where it is right now, it's at the end of a good arc. Like, the way A Cup of Magic was supposed to go is, I don't know if I've ever said this, it's supposed to have 30 chapters, it's supposed to be in arcs, the Totomomo arc is the one that is ranging over all of the arcs, and because I actually started writing this story just for the last chapter, because I saw this one fan art of them dancing, and I was like, yeah, I need the story where they go to a bowl, <laughs> and then I also wanted the story where they are in a coffee shop, and I was like, yeah, these two things can coexist, let's go for it. Hell yeah. I definitely don't want to speak for all fanfiction writers, but I, like, I definitely, that's, like, a very big fear of mine, is mm-hmm. just, like, moving on from, 
when I haven't finished it. Like, I have already, I think, like, in the last, like, week or two, like, I have gotten so many new ideas for fix. And, like, the only reason yeah. that I haven't touched them is because, A, they're really a half-baked idea that mm. I have, I have one idea but not another to attach it to to make a whole thing. But also, like, I started writing other things and I took less time on the thing that I was actually writing and posting, which is my Hawks piece. And I was like, oh, fuck, I do really want to finish this. And if I keep adding things. See, you have, you have like, very good. Uh, you, you, you have self-control, I don't. I just, like, one idea, when an idea pops in my head, I write it. Because, like, as I said, for me, writing is, like, sort of a coping mechanism. And so I don't see the point in, like, not writing what I'm excited about mm-hmm. and want to write. So I'll just put that out because moments fade and your excitement for a thing fades as time goes on. And so I really want, I really want like to write when I'm in that groove and when I'm feeling it. Yeah, uh, I think the only thing that kept me on is my, just my love of Kego Takami, and <laughs> somehow <laughs> it's still here to this day. So like, Damn, man. hey, because no, like for instance, like we start with Mama, right? I've written them so much. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot of things that I want to write, but I do realize that at one point I'm going to run out of ideas. I, I think I've only said this on the Toad of Momo Discord one, but I do have my last pick for Toad of Momo planned out because I am that extra and I know exactly what that pick is going to be. Wow. And it's like, uh, apart from But Tomorrow We Love, it's the only pick I've actually properly planned. And like, I know that once I start writing it, that's going to be my last project for them. you can explore yeah. with certain characters and at one point you run out and that's it damn it's probably not gonna be for another two years or so but i do know that's gonna happen and i'd rather be prepared well i mean good for you like <laughs> <laughs> like i know but like we were talking about the voltron fandom i love clamps never watched okay. the fucking show a day of my life <laughs> But I, I, I am so grateful to the content creators who still make content for them. Like, still. Also because the content creators did a better job at, like, grossing their characters. I'm still very slow about what happened to Lance or whatever. Uh, hey, man. I feel like they're treating them with so much respect. Yeah, I the show did them incredibly dirty and uh that's like my theory when it comes to fan fiction is like but it comes from a place of passion you know like these people just love these characters yeah i think it also comes from a place of just like the canon media wronged you in some way shape or form like you and i both started writing fan fiction out of spite because of a certain thing in a (laughs) show (laughs) so like Writer starts like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm gonna fix this. Absolutely. So, like, you know, the whole fandom, like, imploded on itself, basically. And fanfiction writers are just like, don't worry, I'll fucking pick you back up you and it. I'll skyrocket you Genuinely. to the fucking moon. Genuinely, fanfiction writers need so much. They need some respect put on their name for what they do for fandom. Oh my like, God. Uh, fanfiction writers carry fandom on their back. Absolutely. On their back. Fan art, fan art is too obvious. Yeah. But like fan artists, yeah, I feel like fan artists get more recognition for it. It's just easier and quicker. It is easier and quicker. 
Yeah, but that, that, that's, that's my point, that also a disservice to them, because they put so much work into it, and then you consume it in like half yeah, a year. Yeah, that's true. You know? and, then it's, and then the moment is over, and sometimes like, the, like if you're starting as an artist and not have the proper uh, uh, like algorithm pinned down, Twitter is going to eat you up. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, and we've already talked about how Tumblr just eats everything into a void. That once Tumblr? it's on Tumblr, you never find it again. I don't. I never thought it was possible, but Tumblr algorithm has gotten worse over the years. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I it's. I still use the service. Don't, hey, get, don't me get me wrong. It just sucks. It has to. Tumblr will literally have to kick me out personally mm. for it to get me to stop using it. The, the only the only time I still use Tumblr is when I get into an anime and I want to see the gifts to like wh- when I want to start watching an anime and I'm like okay but like can can something convince me and then I go on the Tumblr check to like watch the gifts and like search for it and see if the fandom sucks or not. Nice. <laughs> That's what you just you're just like I'm just gonna check you guys out first, kind of just yeah, yeah. once over. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm getting my free trial period now. <laughs> so. Starting our descent. <laughs> our descent. We made it. Final, final three questions. So the first of the three. Ooh. What is the best writing advice that you've ever received? Could be something uh, simple. Could be something poetic. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Whatever comes to mind. I think, I think something that good that I've read once and that I still use is like, write what you want to read. <laughs> Genuinely. Absolutely. It, mm. makes, it makes it so much more enjoyable mm. to write. Like just, I don't even know how I can stress this enough. <laughs> it's just like, it, it's it's unrealistic to say that you're not going to care about the comments you get or the reception your story gets. Obviously, you're going to care about it, and it makes sense to like. I know a lot of people go like, "Oh, write for yourself, don't write for the reader." Yeah, of course you write for yourself. Like. That's how you start it all, and you need to write for yourself because writing takes time, and if you hate what you're writing, you're not going to get anywhere. But also at a certain point, you're obviously going to care about the feedback you get Mm -hmm. precisely because you've put so much time and effort into it, and that's normal. And because, uh, let's be real, all of us, all of us don't want to be seen, but kind of want to be heard, and that's a perfect way for for fan fiction to work. Yeah. So, in order to make the process enjoyable, just like write what you want to read, cause, cause if you don't write what you're gonna read, why are you even writing? <laughs> Genuinely. I, yeah, yeah. Like if you're not putting something out that you're just like, I think the world needs this. That like somebody out there will also be like, hey, is there a. <laughs> Is there a Haikyuu X Bugo Stray Dogs? <laughs> I got a comment like that the other yeah, day. That was you like, did? Yeah, they were like, this is awesome. I was looking for something like this. Ah! I was like, yeah. No, but the best part is that sometimes you don't know you're looking for something like that, but then you find it, and you're like, fuck, I've been looking for this right Exactly. <laughs> so good. I hope someone comes across my fic and is just like, you know what? I didn't know I needed this, but I need this. But I needed this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the best feeling, feeling to get. And it's also, it's made that much more enjoyable when you also wanted to read that and it's like, oh yeah, I'm not alone in like being a weirdo who looks for this niche thing. <laughs> I think that's all we want. Yeah, just a little validation. Just a little validation. Yeah, and it doesn't, 
I think you have also mentioned this in past podcasts, but it doesn't need to be like good validation, but like leave a fucking comment. And leave a fucking it's comment. It's, it's, the, it's the one line comment of I love this. It goes such a long way. Oh, man. Yes. Like, my inbox is kind of stacked right now, and the reason why is that I keep the comments for, like, days when I'm not feeling at my best. Then I just go read them, and it genuinely makes my nice. day. Oh, very nice. Okay, so then we have YN's choice. So we have Lowe's choice. Of the six you've written, which is your favorite and why? Why would you ask me that? It's like choosing a text office choice. It's like, you're making me choose. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to, uh, let me shamelessly plug here my high school pick. <laughs> okay. It's, um, I, I, I kind of want to start branching into new fandoms. Mm-hmm. So the the reason why I wrote it's a fuck what to pick, obviously, because I'm trash. Um, um, when I, when I, when I, the, the, re- the way I wrote this was like so unconventional because normally I would like mull over it for weeks and then try to write a chapter and then go back and back and forth with this one i got an idea which was basically i was rewatching friends and i looked at modler and i was like fuck this is a colossal and i sat down and i was like i want to write this oh yeah i wrote that first i wrote that first scene you know it's the one i don't know if you guys have watched friends i sporadically Uh, not as a whole so there is this one scene where Friends is, like, about a group of six people, mm-hmm. and, like, two of them, they have been friends for years, and once you go and look back, that kind of have been hints towards this, but you never would have thought about it un- until the thing happens, right? So, one of their friends is getting married, and he bounces into his best friend's room, and he's like, I'm getting married today, and then he goes out. And then, like, his friend was awake to have seen him from under his covers. The guy, like, the guy who's getting married, sister... writing happens mm-hmm. <laughs> you just you know something just happens so wild and my other like favorite thing that i have written i feel like i should mention but tomorrow we love because i spent so much time on it mm-hmm. but the act- my actual favorite of the homo pick is we're all legends it's olympic au oh nice okay yeah Very cool. yeah okay <laughs> and now the last question Da-da-da. what is your favorite fic or the fic you would recommend the most I know you have warned me for this, so I did my best. <laughs> yeah. And I would like, I, I would like to like give one for fandom. <laughs> so for the Caleb fandom, so for the Voltron fandom, it's a fic called "Nothing's Quite as Sweet" by Dimple for your thoughts. It is such a good fic. It's a coffee shop AU, and I have read this several times. It's like a 50k one shot. <sighs> which I have read over and over again <laughs> over the years. Like, I have a yearly reread of this because it's so goddamn good. Keith is, like, working in a coffee shop, and he hates it, but he has to work there because 
it was like part of the scholarship he got. Mm-hmm. Like he had his studies paid off for him as long as he worked. Basically, that he worked for those money in a coffee shop affiliated to the university. Except it was a scam. And I think he was studying stuff low or something, and then he gave up because he didn't actually enjoy it. But now he still has to pay for his entire tuition, so he's working in this coffee shop that is, like, exploiting him. And he hates it. And the thing that kind of starts changing his life is that he meets Lance, who works at the cat shelter across the street. And then he meets Lance's friends, and Lance's friends kind of make a home for him. And he, he finally kind of starts feeling like himself, and it's such a beautiful, like, coming-of-age, growing story. I love it so much. Incredible. Incredible. Um, it's a coffee shop cat shelter, I you? know. Oh. Right next to, like, you uh, know, tattoo shop, flower <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Same man. Honestly. They're all just the opposite corner. <laughs> just. Especially since it's, like, Kayland. Then I'm going to recommend a new Leon Ice fic because I love this fic with my whole heart. Um, it's called On Growing by Crossroads, right? It's like, it's also an AU, where it's, which is like, everything is the same, except Yura is Victor's kid, and he's like five. Oh, okay. And he is in love with Yuri, like, he watches Yuri's routine and, like, has Yuri merchandise, and his dad is like, yeah, okay, I guess he's cute. And then the entire thing happens at Sochi, and, like, the story goes on from there. But it's, like, basically it's the entire canon rewritten with the premise of, like, Yura being Victor's five-year-old kid. And it's the way, like, the story is changed to fit that, and also the way it fills in the gaps in canon is so beautiful. Because with Yuri on Ice, I feel like Yuri on Ice is one of those shows that I know has a lot of flows and somehow still became one of my comfort shows. And so I really love reading fan fiction that kind of like fixes the the gaps or like fills in the gaps from the canon. I love that show. And I love children. I I just love children and things. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I don't Why would I love children? They're so cute. They're so cute. <laughs> and like you as a kid is so cute because the thing you know how that uh, opening scene of the show is like Yura basically yes, kicks down yes. Yuri's demon and he's like you suck the, the way it goes in this is that the kid the kid looks at Yuri glares at him because he obviously loves him and he wants Yuri to do good and, what, and he has broken English because he's a fucking Russian three years old and what she tells him is be more good or stupid and then he leaves <laughs> man nothing hurts more when a kid is just like get Better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like it's so cute because every time Yuri skates, Yura fist bumps him and Yuri asks, like, do you have any advice? And Yura is like, Yeah, don't fall. <laughs> and then like the story sort of has a spin-off of Yura growing up and um Yuri and Victor are his coaches, and he still fist bumps Yuri every time before he goes on the ice, and Yuri now is the one to always tell him don't fall. It's so beautiful. Okay, I will be reading this thing. I will be. (laughs) I'm going to send you this. Please. (laughs) (laughs) It is so good. And the last one I'm going to recommend is actually not going to be Todomomo. I wanted to recommend the Todomomo one, but then I looked at it and I was like, this fandom is really talented and there's a lot I want to recommend, so I will just let people discover it. Sure. 
Just go, just go on the, the Paranormal Collection and sort it by kudos and like enjoy, I guess. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> She's like, just go read all of them. Just go <laughs> read them all. Honestly, I, I, I wanted to choose, but I was like, this is harder than choosing from my kids. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so I chose Osakuazu one, obviously. I actually had two fighting for this. One of them was Liminal Spaces by, Hatsu, by Hatsuna. Um, I love this one. It reads like an Atsumu sort of character study and the summary is so good it's like fuck you Asimo thinks funny another thinks like to sacrifice the king photo on his bedside table and then the narrator voice goes it's easier than you think to ignore loving your teammates it's so good but the one I'm actually going to choose is Finders Keepers because this is a recommendation for all of the works by this author their name is Solin that's like an S-O-L-Y-N honestly all of their fics are amazing. They have this one called Atsu One on One, which is how to fall in love with your fake boyfriend, which if you're a sucker for fake boyfriend, then you please go ahead. But this one is, it's an AU, where like, Kiyomi I think is a doctor, and Atsumu is like a rugby player, and what happens is, they don't know each other yet, and they meet up because Sakusai is in a shop looking like he's going to have a breakdown. He is babysitting for his older sister who has five kids, and four of those kids, uh, basically they, they went out because they were all bitching about how they were sweet, and all of those kids, except for one who is eight years old and couldn't like run away, grabbed his wallet and ran around in Tokyo, and he's losing his mind because four teenagers are lost somewhere in Tokyo, and he has lost them, and his sister is gonna kill him, and... Basically, he kind of just wants to, like, you know, go into a puddle in the corner and cry. <laughs> but his eight-year-old niece looks at Atsumu, who is just shopping around in the same shop that they are in, and she just goes, wow, you're so pretty, can I marry you? <laughs> I just want to die right there. And Atsumu is all sweet, and he tells her that she's kind of young, and he can't do that, and he's, like, so good with her. And then Asimo looks up at Sakusai, who looks like he's gonna have a bed and he's like, and you? And Sakusai goes, I don't wanna marry you. <laughs> it's like a, uh, have you ever watched Adventures in Babysitting? Nope. That's, no. <laughs> that, it's kind of like that, where it's basically just like, oh you lose god. children in the city. Oh my god, and now I have to watch it. <laughs> like a very old, like, Disney Channel original movie. Let, let me write this down, because then basically Atsumo just goes around and how Sakusa retreats his kids, and he's like, so fucking good, because they're like so, there's such an obvious tension between them, and at one point, like, one of the kids is like, why don't you tell our mom that you have a boyfriend, and Sakusa's like, we are not on a date, and Atsumo's like, why not, I wanted to be a date, it's not just a story for a first date. Oh, <laughs> like, man. There is, there is no... It's not like an annoying back and forth, they're very obviously together by the end of it, but like the way the story is written is so fucking funny, and like the way that they get the kids back is also so great. And my favorite part of it is that every time they get the kids back, they realize that the kids kind of want to help each other escape, so they can't carry them around with them, so they have to leave them at someone, and they leave them at all of their friends, and they leave like, they leave, they have, there is a pair of twins that they leave at like, Kurokan's uh, place. There is like a kid that they leave at Ushitan. And then 
the mastermind of it all, like the worst kid, the one who faced it all. They leave her with my cow and Hajime because my cow hates kids. Oh <laughs> man. Scar her for life than live with my cow. And it's so funny. Punishment worse than death. <laughs> Honestly, and like at the end, the kids gather up and everybody was so in love with their babysitter. Around them, ask her like how their babysitter, how her babysitter was, and she looks at them and goes, bye. <laughs> Oh, man. Please. So, three recommendations, but really a million recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> These three, I'm that entire so author, sorry. the entire Total Momo page. Oh, my I'm goodness. So sorry. No, you're totally fine. <laughs> the more, I'm the so merrier. Uh, so, you have, just read all of them. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, me. we have come to the end. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so Thank much for waking up me. early to talk to us. We appreciate it dearly. <laughs> It's already 7 a.m., so. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> okay, so uh, what? follow us on TikTok, Tumblr, Twitter. Um, if you have thick recommendations for us, email us at canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Spotify. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Am I forgetting anything? We have a Kofi page. Give us money. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, if you like us, if you like what we do, um, if you have an extra five dollars, we have a Kofi page, Kofi.com/slash/canonicallyincorrect. We would appreciate it greatly. We need mic stands. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I think uh, donate to Ao3. Tag your shit accordingly. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.